Let's say this together, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in Christ alone. There is no confusion, there is no contradictions in this atmosphere. We behold you as we see ourselves in Him. Your name alone is glorified as we are edified. Amen. All right, let's continue our series on dominion, taking your place in Christ. Let's continue that this morning. Hallelujah. Dominion, taking your place in Christ. Ephesians 1. Let's see that quickly. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, 17. Ephesians 1, verse 17. Are we there? Or we can start from verse 16. It says, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He now says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of what is the hope of his calling what the riches of the glory of the inheritance and the saints what is what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards word who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities and power might and dominion and in every name that is named and not only in this world but also in that which is to come and he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is the body the fullness of him that filleth all in all hallelujah so we're looking at something. We started a series last week Sunday. We said dominion, taking your place in Christ. And we said that salvation, you are not the giver. And that is at salvation, you are the receiver. You received the life of God in salvation. You received God's life in salvation. So many of times we say, um, um, I, I, I gave my life to Christ. No, you, don't, you didn't have a life that you were given because you were a sinner. So you didn't have any life when you met Christ. So you would rather say, I received the life of Christ. They have received the life of Christ. And we said in Ephesians 1 verse 17, it says that the Lord, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So, and it now says... It says, in the knowledge of him. That word knowledge is from the Greek word epignosis, and it means complete knowledge, complete facts. That is, you have a full detail about that thing. You have a full fact about that thing. So, you, you know, it's, it's not just enough to know about it, but you must know full. It's just like having a phone. Um, it's just like the iPhone, right? Anytime I check online or all these Instagram reels and all these guys, uh, all these tech guys that do um, um, snippets, videos about uh, tips to know about your iPhone, and they will just take you into one place you have never been before, and they'll just show you that to get to this place, to do this thing. Um, I didn't know that you can have a gray screen um, on your iPhone until maybe two weeks ago. I was just watching all these tech guys, and they just said, oh, 
just go to this place and your entire screen can turn to gray. I'm sure some of you don't know now, I'm telling you. <laughs> so imagine you have a phone and you don't even know how to use it. And all you just know how to do is go to Instagram, go to TikTok, go to WhatsApp, and that's all. And you don't even know all the full functions about it. So now, that is what we call epignosis. Epignosis is knowing the full function about it and not just having it for Instagram, um, TikTok, um, Snapchat, uh, which other social media app is there again? Facebook. Uh, I know more is coming, but <laughs> hallelujah. So that's epignosis. That is, you know, it's not just that you know about it, but you have a full knowledge about it. Because, you know, uh, in First Timothy 2 verse 4, it says that when, it says when we are saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, the greatest problem of the Christian today is ignorance. A lot of Christians are so ignorant that they can't, they don't even know, because they don't even open their Bibles. They don't even know what God has done in Christ Jesus. They just say, oh, I'm born again, I'm born again, I'm born again, I'm born again. And they don't even know what it is about their being born again. So the greatest problem of the Christian today is ignorance. Because a lot of Christians don't even know their rights and privileges in Christ. They don't even know things they should pray for, things they should not pray for, things they should ask, things they should not ask of because of ignorance. And a lot of Christians are in that position today. So, you see, a lot of churches, they hold their members in prayer. They will just tell you, oh, you know, if you do not tight, things are going to be tight for you. If you do not do this, you are going to go to hell. You are going to miss the rapture. And you're just wondering, oh, okay, so if I don't do this, I'm not going to do that. If I don't do this, so you are just in fear. I remember when we were in church when, many years ago, when we were younger Christians, when we go to church, you leave church in fear. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You leave church with so much fear. They will have told you all so much about rapture, the 66. Those people are staying behind. All of those people that are going to, they will now show you a film, a movie and show you, um, if you miss it, you are going to be in trouble. And you will just be so much fear. And today, when you go on outreach, you are talking to a lot of Christians. I mean, supposedly Christians. You are talking to them and they are telling you, why did you not go to church anymore? Why are you not, being, why are you not in church anymore? They are telling you, well, I had certain questions and the pastor could not. I, I met a guy some years ago. I, I asked him, why have you not been in church? He said, I've not been in church because the pastor chased me away from church. I said, wow. You mean the pastor chased you away from church? He said, yes. He said, because I was asking questions in Sunday school and the pastor could not answer. Ah, And I asked him, okay, please ask me the questions so that at least you can return back to church. He said, no, I've made up my mind. Now I'm leaning towards Buddhism. So a pastor made a guy change his religion just because they could not answer questions. So why, do you be, why are you on the pulpit if you cannot answer questions? Hallelujah. Why are you on the pulpit as a preacher if you cannot answer questions as touching the faith of Christians? Why, so why do we have the Bible? And a lot of Christians are in that ignorance. I remember I took a class some years ago and my teacher was saying, um, he said, 
Um, he had so many questions. And I think that thing is so common in, in the United States of America. He said he had so many questions as touching his faith. He had so many questions as touching his belief. And he just couldn't find the answers in church. Even the pastor told him if he's not ready to sit down, if he's not ready to understand what he's trying to say, he should go. Ah. I said, why? Then, and I, I raised up my hand in the class. I said, sir, can you ask me? He said, no, I'm not trying to ask you. We're not in religion class. We're in communication class. Uh, now I'm a Buddhist. And I asked a friend a question. I said, why is it that if they leave Christian, Christianity, the next place they are turning into is Buddhism? <laughs> Hallelujah. You can't be ignorant. Tell your neighbor, say, you can't be ignorant. You can't be. So a lot of churches, they put their members in fear. You go to a Sunday service, you are just in fear. You are in fear that, oh, you are going to miss it on the last day. You are in fear that, if you are going to miss it on the last day, why did Christ die for you? Why did you have his spirit? Hallelujah. Why did you have his spirit? So a lot of Christians are, are in so much ignorance. Go back to that 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 again. It says, when you are saved, look at what it says in 1 Timothy 2 4. It says, who would have all men to be what? To be saved. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. So when a man is saved, we are to come into what? The knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth. The right knowledge of the truth. So that shows as believers, we must come to the right knowledge of the truth. And what did I say knowledge is? Knowledge means epignosis, full facts. You must come to the full fact, full appreciation. It's like saying, you, just like I gave you an example of your phone, so many of you don't even know how to use your phone much more. And that is because you don't have a full epignosis of what you are buying. I remember many years ago, not now, anytime I'm trying to buy an iPhone, I would have watched the review. I would have watched, I would spend days just watching the review. What is it all about? What is it? Because I have an argument to present with my dad. Then my dad was using um, um, Samsung. So it used to be a battle of Samsung and iPhone. So till he got born again. You know, when I mean he got born again, now he's not an iPhone user. So I got him born again into that because the battle was too much. So I will present my point. And I think they used to release their phones around the same period. I know that iPhone is September, but I don't know of Samsung. God will not even let me know it. Samsung is the, is the phone of the devils. How many of you use Samsung here? <laughs> How many Samsung users are here? <laughs> oh, one. Ah. So we just have one devil. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't like Samsung. I don't even know how to use it. I don't even know how to operate it. I switched from BlackBerry into um, iPhone and I've stayed on iPhone for long. So I've not, I've not used Backslider's phone. You know? So anytime, so back to the story. Anytime I want to buy a phone like that, me and my father will sit down, then we argue. We argue on, no, this screen is better. No, this camera quality is better. No, this is what we are arguing. And at the end of the day, he's a full Apple user. In fact, he has more Apple stuff that I don't even have. So he's really born again now. Hallelujah. See, you not thank God for my dad. I'm <laughs> just joking. I'm <laughs> just joking. All right. So, epignosis, having a full understanding of what Christ has done. So, you will see in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1. Look at 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1. 
1 Corinthians 12 verse 1. It says, now concerning spiritual grief, I would not have you ignorant. Because a Christian cannot afford to be ignorant. A Christian cannot afford to be ignorant. Tell your neighbor, say, you can't afford to be ignorant. You're not sounding like you mean it. You can't afford to be ignorant. The Bible was written for us and it was full of information. That is why we come to church. That is why we are growing. That is why we are studying the Bible. That is why we have tons of messages so that you can come to a full fact, a full appreciation of what God has done in Christ Jesus for you. When God raised Christ from the dead, he raised him from the dead to give you all it is to partake to life and righteousness. So a Christian cannot afford to be ignorant. You can't. Because what God has done in Christ Jesus, he has done everything. Somebody will ask, what is God doing again? He has done everything. God has done everything in Christ. So you and I just need to come to that understanding. You just need to come to that understanding. You see a, a, a believer still saying, I'm a sinner. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, it says, He that knew no sin became sin for us so that it, we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we are switch status. So a Christian can't say he's a sinner anymore. Rather, the Christian will accept his identity and say he is the righteousness of God in Christ. So I am the righteousness of God in Christ. No, I'm not righteous because of my works. In, second, in Ephesians 2 verse 5 to 8, he says, Not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm not righteous because of my works. I'm righteous because of what God has done in Christ Jesus. So that shows a lot of things happen when Christ was risen from the dead. And you just need to find out. Tell your neighbor, say, you just need to find out. So that is what, see, that is what we will keep studying till the end of the age. We will keep studying the scripture. The 66 books were given to us full of information so that you and I's questions will be answered. Very soon as a church, we're going, to answer, we're going to start a series probably in the summer answering perplexing questions. Perplexing questions like, oh, what does the scripture say is about homosexuality? What does the scripture say about drinking alcohol? What does the scripture say is about smoking? We are going to look at the scriptures together. Because these questions need to be answered in our today's world. Then we are not going to come and say, oh, this is what, you, you know, a lot of people just like sense knowledge. Just to scare you and say, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. The scripture says this. But you must be able to see it intelligently with systematic theology from the scriptures. That is why we have the 66 books. The 66 books were not given for decoration. They were not given so that you would just understand the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No! They were written so that you and I would have full knowledge of it. Full appreciation. Full understanding of what God has done in Christ Jesus. So, ignorance is not an option. Tell your neighbor, say, ignorance is not an option. You're not sounding like you mean it. Ignorance is not an option. Go back to that Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, verse 17. Let's go back there. Ephesians 1. So, we must come to a full and precise knowledge of what God has done in Christ Jesus. And I told you, I said, I am 
epignosis knowledge is the word epignosis and it means active knowledge precise knowledge full knowledge so he says that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory what is he doing this is Paul's prayer for the church of Ephesus. he says he will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him before we get into that place, look at in Ephesians 1, look at what Christ has done for the believer. But before, no, before we get there, we're coming back there. He says, in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened to know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory, and the, what is the riches of his glory, and the heritage in the saints. We said to this last week, we said, the riches of his glory is not material, because it is not a material blessing. We said that last week, right? We said the riches of his glory means abundant resources abundant resources that is in the believer it cannot be material prosperity no that's not what that scripture is talking about it means abundant resources available in the believer so when he says the riches of his glory the hope of his calling and the heritage of his saints in 19 and now says what is the exceeding greatness of his power the exceeding greatness of his power the word power there is the word dunamis. It's from that word, just like you know the word dynamo. It's from the word dunamis. It means the power that works on its own. The exceeding greatness of his power. You see the word upper balloon there. Exceeding greatness of his power. Upper balloon. It means exceeding greatness there. It means or exceeding. The word exceeding there is from the word upper balloon. It means to throw beyond target. And I explained to you, I said, it's like we are trying to kill an insect here and you bring a tractor. That means you are throwing beyond target. You are trying to kill just a small insect here. Instead of bringing just um, a broom or using even your slippers or your shoe to, to just step on it, you brought, a, you brought in a tractor. So imagine bringing in a tractor from that front door up there, then bringing it downstairs here. Then driving it down to this place to kill just an insect. That is exceeding. Upper balloon to throw beyond target. Hallelujah. It says that's exceeding. The word greatness there is from the word mekatos. It means height of heights. Height of heights. Height of heights. You see the word Kratos, that is, he says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards what? According to the working of his mighty power. That word mighty, there's a word Kratos, that means Kratos, it means strength concentrated in one place. So when he says mighty power, it means forceful in display, the power that is forceful in display. So five words here were used to describe power. You see, dunamis, upabalo, energio, megathos, kratos. Five words used to describe power. Greek scholars have it to say that is the highest concentration of power in the entire Bible. This is the highest concentration of the way power was explained in the entire Bible. And how was it being used? Look at what is being, look at how it was being used. He said, what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Towards what who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. Now look at it. Wish he wrought where? Wish he wrought where? In Christ. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So there is nowhere power is being described as this place. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, 
he released the greatest power ever. I was explaining to you last week, I said, when Christ was raised from the dead, it was as though God finished all he ever had with his power to raise him from the dead. So it was like a last card. You know when you are playing a game and you say, last card. So that was like God's last card. He used the exceeding greatness of his power to raise Jesus from the dead. And that power is now available to the believer today. Now, because he has risen from the dead, he now has the power. He is not using the power, he has given the believer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that power is now available to the believer. That is why he says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Towards what who believe. So a man who has believed the gospel acts exceeding greatness of his power at work in him. Hallelujah. So as you are seated here, you are so full of power that you didn't know. Because when Christ was risen from the dead, that power that God used to raise him up from the dead is now available to you. So, imagine, that is why Paul will say in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14 and 17, he says, If Christ be not raised from the dead, our faith is vain and we are yet in our sins. What would have What We cannot have imagined what would have happened if Christ was not risen from the dead. I tell you, brethren, we, we, it's, it just had to rise. <laughs> it just had to be risen. Hallelujah. It just had to be risen. You know, a lot of people play down so much on the resurrection of the dead and they preach it as an Easter service sermon. No, that's wrong. For God to come down as a man, to die for our sins, it's a sermon that has to be preached all the time. Because that's the efficacy of our Christianity. Hallelujah. It's not an Easter service sermon. Praise God. So, he says, when Christ, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he released the greatest power ever. The greatest power ever. So, those who believe, who are those who believe? You and I, right? Right? You and I, right? So, those who believe have this power at work in them. Mark 16, verse 15. He says, go into the world, preach the gospel, and he that believe uh, shall be baptized, and the, uh, that believe shall condemn, that those that don't believe will, will, be, will be condemned. And now says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. So those signs is the power. So those who believe, the power is at work in them all the time. So that shows if you are sleeping, power is still at work in you. Glory to God. Power is at work in you as you are eating. Power is at work in you as you are sleeping, as you are dreaming. Power is at work in you as you are, as you are driving. Power is at work in you as you are in the toilet. Power is at work in you as you are brushing your teeth. Power is at work in you as you are, as you are sleeping and you know you are dozing and you are snoring. Oh, oh. Power is still at work in you. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Power is at work in you. So and the power. So the and the thing is the least believer is most powerful the same way. The older believer is. If a believer received the gospel, this is 11, 11 a.m. If a believer received the gospel, if somebody received the gospel, 11, 11 a.m. Right now, this Sunday morning, is as powerful as somebody who has been saved 50 years ago. The same. The same. The Lord says he's not a respecter of persons. The same. 
But what is the difference between two believers is because one understands and one does not understand. I explain it this way. I say it's just like when you go to a city, you go to a country, right? I remember um, last year, November, I was in the UK and just entering there, I didn't know how to take the train much. I mean, I'm not used to the train. I mean, we're not in Mahathin or Brooklyn where we take trains, right? So I wasn't used to the train. So I was, I was, I kept asking for directions. Oh, how do I go to this place? They were like, in fact, everybody was so in a hurry. Just, they were just, just do, ah. I mean, I'm like, what's just, yeah. What does the video of just mean? So I just kept figuring my way out, figuring my way out till I got to my destination. Now look at something. When you get into a city, you have to have knowledge of the place, right? Right, guys? Now, the same thing, you that you are living in the city, you already have the knowledge, right? But in person who is coming into the place doesn't have enough knowledge as you. And do you know there are guys who live in the UK who don't even know how to use the train? How many of you know that? How many of you know that? Because they are probably used to driving. They are used to somebody picking them from one point to another, used to probably Uber, Lyft, and all of those things. And there are some who know every terminal in the UK. Are you getting what I'm saying? And they live in the same UK. See, are you seeing knowledge? Now, that's the same thing that happens. The Bible says in Romans 1 verse 12, it says he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. So, you and I, we are not in this kingdom before. You and I, we are not born again before. But the very minute we got born again, we are switched locations. We are now in a new kingdom. So, the rudiments of this kingdom is different. We have to learn what it is all about. Are you getting what I'm saying? We have to learn the modalities. And that is why we have the scriptures. That is why we have a local church. That is why we have messages. So that you can grow. Hallelujah. So you will learn how to take the train. You will learn how to take, how to stop at your train and not miss the plates. In fact, it was in that place I know the difference between when they say something is number one. And number two, and you did not pay attention. <laughs> it's like it's like say, I don't know if you've been to the UK before. It's like say they have a subway there, and they tell you this is one, this is two, and they would divide it with one line. If you like cross this place, you are going to another direction. <laughs> my Lord and my God, I saw hell because I've not been there before, and I was just trying to learn. And my friend was like, "Come and meet me there." Like, I knew it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So, you, so, it's the same way as a Christian. You have to learn what it is that you have received now that you are born again. Now that you are a Christian. You have to learn the rudiments. You have to learn the everything again. So, what God has done in Christ... Is what a believer needs to learn. And like I said, the, the least believer who just got born again now is as powerful as the believer who has been saved for about 100 years now. He's as powerful because it's the same power that is at work in the believer. 
So, the power came because I'm a believer. Hallelujah. The power came because I'm a believer. So, I'm a believer. The power has come to me. Glory to God. Say, I'm a believer. believer. You're not sounding like you mean it. The power power has come to me. Glory to God. Look at Ephesians 1 verse 3. Ephesians 1 verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God of our Father. Blessed Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And I explained what heavenly places to you. I said to you that heavenly places means in the spirit, right? I told you, I explained that to you last week. I said in the spirit because that word place is there is the word is italicized in the Greek and it's, me in, in, it's italicized in the King James Version. It means it was not written in the originals. It means it was added by the translators. So when he says blessing, look at it. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So we have received the blessings of the Spirit. So I am blessed. Hallelujah. Say, I am blessed. I am blessed. You are blessed. It's in Christ. And that's the language of the Spirit. It says you are blessed in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, if any man be what? In Christ. You will keep seeing that word consistently used in the scripture. In Christ. In Christ. Because now that you are saved, you are now in Christ. That's the language of the scriptures. I am in Christ. And, it's, and, that, and that's the word in Christ. It presents itself as an inseparable union. It's like, it's because you will see in Ephesians 2, look at, just flip back to Ephesians 2. Flee to Ephesians 2, verse, look at it, verse um, 6. Ephesians 2, verse 6, it says, And has raised up together and made us to do what? Sit together in heavenly places. Where? In Christ. When it says he has raised us up, we are now seated with him. You don't understand. Where is Christ today? Right? You can say he's in heaven, right? But the scripture is saying you are seated with him there. Look at your power. Look at your authority. Look at who you are in Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 6. It says you are seated where? In Christ. So where are you seated? You are seated far within. That word there is from the word sokathizo in the Greek. And it means an inseparable union. That is, you can't take, it's like saying something is gummed together. You can't unglue it. So we have been, it's like saying we have been gummed with Christ and nothing can unglue us again. Glory to God. That's, that is what is happening. So we are seated in Christ. We are blessed where? In Christ. Now why are we blessed? Because he is blessed, right? Right? So now let's, look, let's, let's, do, a comp- let's, do, let's, do, let's do an analysis. We can't be cursed because he is not cursed, right? We can't, be, we can't be a failure because he is not a failure, right? We can't be a which other thing? We can't be um we can't be sick because he is not sick, right? So why? Because we are where in Christ. It's an inseparable union in Christ. So you can wake up in the morning and say, I am in Christ. Glory to God. I am blessed in Christ. Look at let's go back to that Ephesians 1. Go back to that Ephesians 1. And so, and you should know, you should know something. We didn't go to him. He came in us. You know that song? We came from heaven to earth to show the way. True. But he came to us. Glory to God. The very minute you believe the gospel, he came in down to you. He has come down to you. 
Glory to God. So you are not trying to go and meet him. He has come down to you. And he is now in your spirit. Glory to God. Look at in Ephesians 1 verse 4. It says, according as he has chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be what? Let's read together. That we should be what? Only and what? Without blame, with him in what? Without blame, with him in love. Why is this happening? Because that is who he is, right? Is, is he holy? Yes. Is he without blame? Yes. So is that your own reality? Yes. Oh, you're not responding this morning. Is that your own reality? Yes, sir. All right. Look at it, verse 6, verse 5 now. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, according to his good pleasure of his will. In verse 6, he now says, to the praise of his glory, of his grace, wherein he has made us what? accepted in the below. So you can never say you are rejected. Never you say that statement again. Never say that statement again. The believer is suffering. A lot of believers, believers are suffering from identity crisis. They don't know who they are. I am accepted in the beloved. I am never rejected. I am never stranded. I am accepted. You know, how about that for yourself? You wake up in the morning and tell yourself, I am accepted in the beloved because of what Christ has done for me. And you know, imagine a lot of believers have been saved for many years and they don't know this truth. And that's very terrible. It's like going to, use my example, going to London and not knowing how to take the train. And you, or like somebody who has been in London for 15 years and not knowing how to take the train. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is how it is. Or it's like being in America and not knowing how to pay your phone bills. I think that's the easiest bill to pay. <laughs> look at, so look at what it says again in verse 7. It says, in whom we have what? Redemption through his blood, right? The forgiveness of sins. Do you have forgiveness of sins? Yes. We have redemption through his blood, right? According to the what? Riches of his. Is this a physical riches? No, is this a physical riches? It can't be. Look at what it says in verse 8. Wherein we had abounded towards us in all what? Wisdom and prudence. In verse 9, having made known unto us the mysteries of his will according to his good pleasure, which he has proposed in himself. In verse 11, look at verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Glory to God. An inheritance means something you did not work for. Glory to God. So he did all the work, went to hell, was beaten. A lot of you watch Jesus movies and you'll be crying. Why should you be crying? You should be laughing. Do you want to be beaten? <laughs> Do you want to be beaten? No. Do you want to go to hell? Exactly. He has done everything for you. And when he did everything for you, he gave you on the platter of gold. And what's the platter of gold? Just believe. Glory to God. So a man who has believed has an inheritance. Say, I have an inheritance. Something I did not work for. You see, so you do work for the power that is at work. You know, you didn't work for it. He says, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. He now says in verse 12 that we should be praised, that we should be, we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted us in Christ, in whom you have trusted, after that you have received 
the gospel of your salvation, in him also you have received, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So we have been sealed with him. Nothing can take you out of Christ. Glory to God. Nothing can take you out of your place. Nothing. Romans 8 verse 32. Quickly, go to Romans 8 32. Romans 8 verse 32. Nothing can take you out of your place. Are you learning something this morning? So a believer needs to constantly feed on this fact of what God has done in Christ Jesus for him. In Romans 8 verse 32, he says, He that spared not his own son and delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us what? All things. Can the all things be material, physical? No, it will be spiritual things. Glory to God. So I am in Christ. Glory to God. And that is the greatest truth you need to know. You are in Christ. So why do believers differ? Because of knowledge. A lot of believers differ because of knowledge. Because of knowledge. The power is already available in us in Christ. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Ephesians 6 verse 10. It says, finally, brethren, look at what it says. Be strong in the Lord and what? In the power of his might. Because you already have the power. The power is already at work in you. The power is available already. Glory to God. The power is available already. So the greatest unbelief is to deny God's word. The greatest unbelief is to deny God's word. Is to say what God's word did not say about you. That's the greatest unbelief. The greatest unbelief is to call yourself what God did not call you. Some of you say, I am cancer. I am Libra. I am this. Is that what God said about you? No. God said I am righteous. God said I am accepted in the beloved. God said I am holy. God said I am a minister of reconciliation. God said I am justified. He said I am seated with him in heavenly places. That is my reality in Christ. Glory to God. He says I am no longer condemned. He says I am justified. He says I have received redemption. Glory to God. That is who I am in Christ. You must always consistently feed on this truth. Lack of identity crisis will make you who you are not. So you will keep feeling that this is who you are when that is not who you are. A believer can never, never be anxious. Because he told us in the scripture, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, in prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. I believe the scripture. I don't know about you, but I believe God's word. I believe what the word says about me. I believe what the word says about me. I am what the word says I am. I can do what the word says I can do. So the greatest unbelief is to deny God's word. Is to deny God's word. So let's go back to that Ephesians 6. Look at Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Oh no, Ephesians 1, sorry. Ephesians 1. Let's go to Ephesians 1. In verse 19, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? To us who do believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand, in what? In heavenly places. It says, far above. Far above. That word far above is the word meet means to be ranked above. 
far above. So by the resurrection of Jesus, by the reason of the resurrection of Jesus, he became far above. That is why you see in Ephesians 2 verse 5. Look at Ephesians 2 verse 5. Ephesians 2 verse 5. Even when you were dead in sins, he had quickened us together with Christ. By grace he has saved. In verse 6, and, says, and has raised us up. Holy to God. And has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So we are seated with him. So Jesus' experience are all in Christ. And you know what? I share in the same experience. By the reason of identification, I share in the same experience. If you read in Romans 6, Romans 6 will explain to you how we were dead together with him. How we raised together with him. How we were buried together with him. I share in the same experience. Because I am born again. Because I believe the gospel. So, you, so he has raised up. He, so, in verse 20, he says, he has, which he wrote in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, set him as far above all principalities and power. Look at in Psalm 110 verse 1. Psalm 110 verse 1. Psalm 110 verse 1. Very quickly, Psalm 110 verse 1. He says, are you there? I'll wait for you. Psalm 110 verse 1. Are you enjoying this this morning? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes, all right, look at, this, look at what he says in Psalm 110 verse 1. He says, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. So, when he says, Until I make thy enemies thy footstool, when he says, Under your foot. So, he says, He has made your enemies your footstool. Under his feet will refer to dominion. Refers to dominion. Something you are in charge of. Something you are in charge of. Dominion in the Hebrew has to do with kingdoms. Remember, we are studying dominion, taking your place in Christ. Dominion in the Hebrew word has to do with kingdoms. Kingdoms. The kingdom of Jesus is spiritual. The kingdom of Jesus is spiritual. And when we say kingdoms, they are within your control. They are within your control. They are within your authority. Your authority, your kingdom as a believer is in Christ. And you cannot have kingdoms without having people. You cannot have kingdoms without having people. And you are not ruling over people in this kingdom because Christ's kingdom is our kingdom. So when we say kingdom, kingdom is where there is authority and rankings. Kingdom is where there is authority and rankings. A kingdom is not an association of friends. No, it is where there is authority. There is rankings. There is dominion. So when we say kingdom, we will see angels in view. We will see demons in view. We will see, we will see the devil in view. Because there is authority and rankings in this kingdom. Don't forget again, we are studying dominion. Taking your place in Christ. So, and we say the kingdom of Jesus is spiritual. And when we say spiritual, we mean in the spirit. It's not physical. Because the kingdom of this world, who is, who is ruling the kingdom of this world? The president. Joe Biden is ruling the United States of America. 
So if you want to say the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of the United States of America, we can say it is in Joe Biden's hands, right? If we want to say the kingdom of Rochester, New York, we'll say it's in the mayor's hands, right? The kingdom, or we'll say it's in the police. <laughs> the kingdom. But when we say the kingdom of Jesus is spiritual, we are looking at authorities, dominions, reigns. And so and we must have demons in view. Angels are also in view because we must have subjects in this kingdom. We must have subjects. Subjects. People that must be subject to us in the kingdom. And Jesus gave all he has accomplished to us. Oh, we God. So, Jesus gave all that he has accomplished to me. Let me, be, let me personalize it to myself. He has given all he has accomplished to me. So, Jesus gave his kingdom to me. Jesus gave his kingdom to you. Remember what I said again. The kingdom of Jesus is where? Spiritual, right? It's spiritual. It's not of this world. This world, the kingdoms of this world are ruled by the affairs of men. Hope you know that. Meaning, there are hierarchies already. There is the legislators, there is the senate, there is everything already. There is the president, the vice president, there is everything in place already. That's the kingdom of this world. There are even higher powers. I mean, top countries in the world. Who determines what goes on in the world. I think they are about G5 like, or G7, some countries like that. Now, that is not Jesus' kingdom. Jesus' kingdom is spiritual. Are you getting what I'm saying? I explained this to us last week when he told us, he said, my kingdom is not what? Of this world. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Look at Luke 10 verse 19. Go to Luke 10 verse 19. Luke 10 verse 19. Are you learning something? Yes, sir. Luke 10 verse 19. Luke 10 verse 19. Are you there? It says, It says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpent and scorpion and over what? The power of the enemy. And nothing shall do what? By any means what? Hurt you. So he said he has given you power. What's the power for? To tread upon what? Serpents and scorpions. And nothing shall by any means do what? Hurt you. So his kingdom is not of this world. So Jesus has defeated the devil. Jesus has the exploit. He says, behold, I give you. He has given you. Hallelujah. Now think about it. It's like saying... I made some money through my paycheck and I give you. I'm not giving you money. No, don't stop laughing. <laughs> and I give you. When I give you, what has it become? Your own. No, I'm not giving you money. <laughs> it has become your own. So, he says, behold, I give you what? Read it again. Let's read it again. I give unto you, let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. Power to tread upon what? Serpents and scorpions. And over what? All the power of the enemy. 
and nothing shall by what? So he says he has given you power over all. When they say all, it means what? All. Over all the powers of what? The enemy. Guys, now look at yourself. Just look at yourself from up to down. Like, just take a good look at yourself. Are you taking a good look at yourself? You have the power over all the oppressions of the devil in this world. <laughs> Glory to God. He says, I give you. It means he has given you, he has given you 100% right to it. See, there is no scripture that says God will handle Satan for you. There is no scripture like that. There is no scripture that says pray to God so that God will handle the devil. Or pray to God so that God will talk to the devil. There is nothing like that. There is no scripture like talk to God. Just like some people are ignorantly praying. Every power in their destiny house. Kill them now. Really? When you have the authority over the powers. So, every power in my mother's house. What are you waiting for? And they are praying to God. God doesn't answer such prayers. That's why they keep going for deliverance every day. God doesn't answer such prayer. You will go for deliverance last Saturday. They will tell you, you are not done. You still need another one on Sunday. <laughs> Ignorance. He says, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And over all, over all, the power of the enemy. So you and I, we have the power over the enemy. We have the power over the enemy. So, Jesus, there is nowhere in the scriptures that says God will defeat the devil for you. Because he has already done that already. He did that already at the resurrection. In Philippians 2, he says, having spoils principalities and power. He made sure of them openly. Triumphing over them. So, he has defeated the devil already. So, you and I have the power over the enemy. So, Jesus' exploit has been given to you and I. Jesus' exploit has been given to you and I. That's what didom. It means you, I will not use it. You will use it. I was sharing with you last week. I said there was a, there was a vision that Kenneth Hagin had. And the devil was talking. He was, he was having a vision with Jesus. And the devil was there talking. And he was wondering why is Jesus not doing anything about it. That they have to, and the devil was, and the demon was just disturbing the vision and everything. And he just said, how can't you do anything about it? The Lord said, I cannot do anything. You are the one that will take your authority and do it. Then he said, in the name of Jesus, you devil, get away. And that was it. If the devil comes to this service this morning, Jesus is not going to do anything. Jesus is just going to be looking at you like this. I've done, I've done my own part already. So that's why some, people, some of us, we have some oppressions of the devil dealing with us. And you'll be praying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And God is just watching, like, what do you want me to do? I've already helped you. Glory to God. Look at Hebrews 2 verse 6. Let's look at Hebrews 2 verse 6. Hebrews 2 verse 6. So he says, he has given us. <laughs> he has given us. 
all. All. When it says all, it means all. Look at Hebrews 2 verse 6. Or oh, let's start from verse 5. It says, For unto angels has he not put in subjection the word to come whereof. Let's just read down to, let's just because of that, let's read to verse 8. It says, He has put all things in subjection under his feet. For he has put all things in subjection under him. He left nothing that should be put under him. And that says, But now we see not yet all things under him. He now says, let's see, that says, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that by the grace of God should taste death for every man. But it became of him, of whom are all things, of whom all things, bringing many sons to glory, making the captain of their salvation true sufferings. In verse 11, very key. And that says, both him that sanctified, and they who are sanctified, are all of one. And Jesus said, for this cause, he is not ashamed to call us brethren. So we will go. So we have now become, we are now of one. We are now of one. So he has given us power. Go with the God. So the word authority is from the Greek word exousia in the Greek. It means right and privilege. Right and privileges. Exousia is not power. But it has been given to me. It's a right that has been given to me. It's not yours. Esusia means we have the right to use it. We have the right to use it. So, and if you don't do anything about it, nothing happens. Let's look at the story of the centurion servant. Matthew 8. Matthew 8 verse 9. Let's look at the story of the centurion servant. Matthew 8 verse 9. Matthew 8 verse 9. He says, look at what he says. Let's start from verse 8. He says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come in under my roof, but speak thy word only, and thy servant shall be healed. In verse 9 he says, for I am a man under what? Authority. Having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go and he goeth, and to another, Come and he cometh. Do this and he doeth it. And Jesus marveled and said to them that follow him, Verily, I have not found such a great faith in no, not in Israel. So, how do you use your authority? Because you have dominion. By saying, just like the centurion servant, I say to one, go, and he goeth. Come, and he cometh. Do, and he doeth. And Jesus even commended what he was doing. So how do you use your authority? By saying. Now, your authority is not over believers because the believer is not under you. So you cannot say to another believer, come! <laughs> no. It is not for believers. We don't have authority over men. No, 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 no. Men are not involved in this equation. No. It is not for believers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying, guys? Look at Ephesians 6, verse 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Let's go there quickly. Let's go there. I'm trying to wrap up on time. Let's go there quickly. Ephesians 6, verse 10. 
put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. He now says, For we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities and power, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. <laughs> says, so, principalities there means rulers. You find that word in Colossians 1 verse 16, used for men and authority. When it says principalities, it means rulers. And that means they are spiritual. And when it says principalities, it means spiritual realities or spiritual realities, spiritual, um, spiritual work through men. Spiritual work through men. That is, the devil has his cause through men. Principalities. We can see an example of Pharaoh, Herod, men, but yielded to the devil. Principalities, rulers. So whatever is under us does not include flesh and blood. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because Paul made it clear to us that our fight, our wrestle is not flesh and blood. It is not physical. What we are fighting, what we are having authority over is not flesh and blood. So even if I thought those men are yielding to the devils, we are not fighting them physically. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because if you can't fight them physically, they will arrest you and jail you. I think that's what I'm saying. So even those men who are yielded to the devil, walking principalities, powers, who are yielded to the devil, you don't fight them physically. You fight them spiritually. He says, uh, the, he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So our fight in this world is not, because if you're going to fight flesh and blood, <laughs> my brothers and sisters, you're going to be locked up in jail. <laughs> so that's not what he's saying. <laughs> he said, it can't be flesh and blood. Our fight is not physical. Our fight is spiritual. We are dealing with spiritual realities and they walk through men. That is why when people speak negative words to you, you, don't res- you, you respond back immediately. When somebody tells you, you are a failure, you respond back. You don't, you don't accept that kind of words. Because our fight is not physical. And demons walk through words. It's a fight of words. And that's why, I remember I was watching a movie um, in the last couple of weeks and the movie did it in such a way that they were speaking a negative word to you. You know what I did? I did not know when I consciously did it. As the person was talking in the movie, I responded back immediately. I said, no, in the name of Jesus, this is not for me. I don't know, he was just unconscious. But I cannot allow somebody's negative words over my life. Someone say, I'm a failure. No, I'm not a failure. I reject it now. Take it back. I can't be. I can't fail. I don't know failure. You don't accept those things. Someone say, you are depressed. No, I'm not. Your doctor tells you and say, the way I'm examining you, you are having a problem that cannot be solved. He said, no. No? Mm-mm. That is what you see in the books. 
but I have what I believe. Oh, you go. I have what I believe. What I believe is that I am healed. What I believe is that I'm above this sickness. What I believe is that I'm going to come back and you will examine me and you will not find it. There are certain ways you don't, you, you, there are certain things you must understand about your authority and your words. Because it's a spiritual reality. And they walk through men. So men can be yielded to the devil to speak over your life. It could be your boss at work. Remember, principalities and power. It could be your, it could just be that you are on a Zoom call. And somebody just say, well, and they are just laughing and saying it and just say, well, it's like we're all just going to fail and just, no, I'm not. You respond. You address the devil immediately. You don't allow you have the last say over your life. You just say, no. You just say, they're just, maybe they're just even joking about it and just say, huh. it's like we're all just going to just fail and just, just not succeed in this thing. No, I'm a success. Glory to God. I, anything I touch always succeed. Any organization I belong to always succeed. You let them know. You say, well, night shift, in this night shift that we are doing, it just seems like nothing works here. Oh, everything works as soon as I'm here. Oh, we go. As far as I'm here, everything is working. As far as I'm here, all of you that are working in the medical profession, you know, as far as I'm here, nobody is dying under my watch. I'm not receiving death news. As far as I'm on a shift, nobody is dying here. Everyone will be healed by God's power. You let, see, you take charge of the atmosphere. You take charge of the atmosphere. When we were younger, we normally look for, those of you that did not grow up in Africa will not understand what I'm about to say. So, every T-junctions, there's always something they do, like sacrifice. Uh, I'm sure some of you don't understand. I'm trying my best to, to explain it. So, they will cook something and put it on the road and say they are offering it to the gods. When they say gods, it means <laughs> I'm trying my best. God help me. Idols. Black magic. Voodoo. Yeah. Good. So they it is believed that the voodoo or the black magic will eat it. Ah. They've never eaten it before. And they have never tried to eat it. So when we were young. When we are passing, when we are coming from lesson, we look at the egg. We look around. Because there's always an egg inside. <laughs> so we don't understand. But nothing shall my enemies ought the believer. No way to God. Nothing. Nothing. They say there's poison there. Well, <laughs> they say, Pastor, what is this? It says nothing shall my enemies hurt you now. Look at it, Mark 16. Mark 16. Because your dominion in Christ is referring to a spiritual reality. So when we say dominion, we are talking about what? A spiritual reality. Are you hearing what I'm saying, guys? Alright, look at it in verse 17. It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. 
they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not off them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall recover. Luke 10, 19, that we read the other time. Luke 10, 19, it says, Luke 10, 19, that we read the other time. Let's read it again. Behold, I give unto you power, O, to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and over every, every power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. We were much younger. We used to, and I'm, 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 I'm teaching you this thing to set you up for something because we're going to be doing some intense outreaches as the day go by. We're setting ourselves up for things. Now, he says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. When we were much younger, we used to, we, we liked problem. We liked confrontations. Like something, ah, something devils, all of these things. Let's, let's have a tussle. You know, it says nothing. And you know one thing, serpent here refers to the operations of the wicked ones. Operations of spiritual wickedness. And let me tell you, they cause sicknesses. The operations of spiritual weaknesses cause sicknesses. They cause evil. They cause addictions. They cause problems, depressions, anxiety. They cause, um, they cause a lot of setbacks. They cause, you just see that things are not moving in the right direction. They cause a lot of trouble, tozu in your life. Once you start noticing those things, they, you, that's the work of the devil. They are behind evil. They are behind everything. And you know the beauty about it. We have authority over spiritual wickedness. Look at Luke 9 verse 1. Luke 9 verse 1. Luke 9 verse 1. And he called the 12 disciples together. And gave them power and authority, Azusia, over all devils. And to cure what? And to cure what? Diseases. He says over. Over means to use against. Because man has enough power to make evil happen. Yeah. And many a times, it is aided or wielded through demons. When a man is in authority, in charge of something, they have power. And sometimes when they start making decrees, doing some things, they are in charge. So when it says over, it means to use again. So he has given you the right to use it against them. And they deal with words. Demons deal with words. When you see shrines, when you see shrines and you see all those images, um, idols, all those, um, what do they call them? Um... Wooden doors that they arrange and they say, Oh, we are worshipping something. That's not where the power is. The power was the power is actually in the words. I tell you today, the power is actually in the words. That's why they say, Don't worry. In 12 o'clock, rain will fall. In this or that is in words. So it's a toss over words. You don't allow the devil to have the last say over your life. You must be very conscious of what you are doing. 
So you must keep speaking. That centurion servant says, I say to one, go and he goeth. Come and he cometh. So that shows God is not going to take care of the problems in your life. You are the one that is going to do it. It is not a God thing. It's not, oh God, oh God, no. You say, Sarah, get your hands off my business. This very minute. Sarah, get your hands off my health. And they will respond. Because you have authority over all of their operations. They see you as their boss. They have authority all over their operations. They are under your feet. So you must keep speaking because even Jesus rose from the dead by speaking. He did it just, he was just, he was not in hell waiting and saying, I'm waiting, third day will soon reach. No, he kept speaking. So authority has to be used. You have to use it. Those of you that went to, that grew up in, in those places where there is seniority. You know, I went to a boarding school, in, for, in high school, in the later part of my high school, and I saw the reason, I saw what authority means. Some of you know what I'm talking about. This is a video I went to body school. I saw what authority means. I would just lie down in my bed. I just take this bucket, can't get me water. I don't even say, take this bucket, can't get me water. Some of you can't understand. I would just lie down. And I was a dining prefect and social prefect. So, deliberately, sometimes I would just say, if you're not using your fork and knife, your food is mine. So, my liking food is not today. <laughs> so, I'll not be looking, looking around. Some eat that jollof rice on my table. Some eat that. Some eat that. Some eat that. You know. <laughs> Authority. Some of you that I went to body house, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you that. How many of you are boss at your work? You have been. They've given you a tip. I mean, I remember I was working in one warehouse one year, one year like that, some year, many years ago. And so, among all of us, we were just um, orientation students, orientation people. So, we've done one day, two days, three days. So, the fourth day, they now say they want to pick a leader among us. Ha! They now pick this sister, this woman, or this girl. I've not heard her speak a word throughout the orientation. So probably because of that, the, the um, person that was doing orientation for us said, she wants to pick her as our leader. My Lord, not even up to five minutes as a leader. Um, yeah, hey, you just sit there. Sit, sit there. Ah, when did you just become? <laughs> sit there. I'm like, ah. If it just, so it just leave me and my friend, we're walking to ah, ah. So Anna said, I want to test something. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe she just have a problem with that person. At least me, she has not talked to me before. Maybe she does have. So as I just stood up, why are you standing? Ah. <laughs> just five minutes power. <laughs> five minutes power. <laughs> five minutes power. Everything was. That's why, in fact, that's one of the reasons I told myself I can't do warehouse again in this life. Because the kind of power that people have there is not of this world, though. <laughs> you just see them, you're, you're scanning. Maybe you're sitting down, you're just standing up, and you're just walking around. Why are you walking around? You don't have work, follow me. 
They're not going to give you work. Ah! Can't I just walk around in peace? <laughs> How come I walked in warehouse here? <laughs> Power. So imagine you can use that on human beings and our own is not on human beings. Now, remember my example of take this bucket, go and fetch water. I don't, in fact, I don't think I washed my school uniform up to two, three times when I was in high school. Take this, wash it, let it be dry by 12 p.m. That's all. An iron. Sometimes if you want to punish the person, you put an iron because school iron is just two iron in the entire school. So you kill, you will, and only seniors have the right to the iron. <laughs> only seniors have the right to the iron. So only our clothes is gated. I don't even know what I'm talking about. You get on, get on. So you are coming to the shop looking like, uh, like I remember when I was in GSS one. Uh, GSS one means um, uh, first grade in middle school. All right. I remember when I was in GSS, those in um, last grade in high school, we are seniors. When they are coming into, let's say, like a church like this, this is how they walk. Ah. So I'm with an handkerchief, like, and if you try them, if you just stop one, why did you stop me? They will look at you like a second-class citizen, like. Some, some of them, I see them on Facebook today. Now, everybody is now the same. We are now normal. <laughs> you know, when, when we leave school, everybody is now normal. It's like the senses of everybody comes back to life. But when you are in school, do I remember. Some of them will be like, with an akashi. <laughs> ah, what happened to you? So the day we wanted to try it as a GSS1 student, to work like them, they flog, they beat. <laughs> you know? So, power corrupts. <laughs> like, like government will say, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. So imagine, you have that kind of power. You know, I've been watching much of these um, presidential shows, designated survivor, Hoval, um, all this. And I see the kind of authority that the president of the United States have. And I'm wondering, wow. Like, if the president of the United States comes in this church today, your phone cannot work. What a power. They seize your network till he leaves. That's power. You know, that's power. And I'm the president of the United States. God. You know, I used to wish to be a politician. If not for ministry. Maybe I can still do it though. Pray for me. It has been my future ambition to be a politician in this life. Maybe I was, I, I was, I'm actually very serious. I used to be a politician. I used to work as all these politics boys in 2018, 2019. I had to drop it for ministry. I just, Ah, maybe I will go back. After watching all these shows, you always seeing that um, Pastor is now also the the what they call it, the mayor of Rochester. <laughs> Your network will not work. <laughs> Those of you that used to press phone in church, just know that oh, it can't work. As soon as I land in service, I say, in the beauty 
of all just know your network has ceased <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah praise god so we say power right power so jesus so we have authority and authority has to be used so and i said demons walk through words and demons will not come physically they will come through men right through the operations of men so you speak i speak they will speak i speak and i'll keep speaking so the believer's authority is necessary the believer's authority is necessary it is necessary let me begin to round up now it's necessary so you need to learn how to exercise your authority. Tell your neighbor, say you need to learn how to exercise your authority. You need to learn how to take charge of a place. You know, when I was in secondary school or in high school, when I enter into the dining, everybody gets quiet because I'm the dining prefect. In fact, even the the servers, the, the people that serve the food, respect me. Once I step into the dining like this, Sinobesi is here. That's all. Because I have come. If you were not using your fork and knife before, you have to start. Or else your food belongs to the Lord. <laughs> so, now... That was my own authority. Imagine what the senior boy had. That one does not even do anything. That one just is to pocket. And he lies his name. I still, I'm still angry with the guy today. The guy just is to pocket. I've appeared. I'm the senior boy. <laughs> That's all. Imagine the kind of authority he had. So what we now did in our set. You don't come to my jurisdiction. If you are a senior boy, senior boy, the old school. But once it is dining, I'm over you. <laughs> so we we fought. All of us fought. On our, I'm the senior, I'm the dining prefect, I'm the chapel prefect, I'm the dining prefect, I'm social prefect. Don't touch my boy. So when in the dining, to you two, we want to stand up. I'll just signal. Is this your, is this your, is this your office? <laughs> but, so imagine authority. So there's a, so, when a believer gets into a place, you can take charge. Just like when the President of the United States steps into a place, your network sees. Till he leaves. So, that shows when we go into a place full of authorities, full of demonic oppression, our entrance into the place alone scares the devil. Because we are light. We are men. We are believers. We possess power to defeat them. We possess the power to trample upon, to trample over them. So our entrance into a place gets the demons scared. How many of you have gone into a place before? I'm, so people are just telling you, I'm just not comfortable you are here. How many, how, many of you have, how many people have told you that before? I've heard that a lot. You can't expect that I will have prayed all night and step into a place and a devil will be comfortable with me. It's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. How would you be comfortable? Light and darkness has no power. I've been in several places. Um, can, this, can this brother just excuse us? Can you just... I'll just, I'll just be laughing. Because I know what is going on. You know, people don't know. When you get into a place, people don't know many a times what is going on in the realms of the street. But people that are uncomfortable, me, I'm laughing. I know what is happening. You can't stand in my presence. Because I call full of the Holy Ghost. 
icon full of power. Icon full of my authority. You can't be comfortable. I remember I went to one place to work one time. They told me you can't work here. I said, why? I said, I just don't know. <laughs> I just, I just don't know. I said, oh, I understand. I said, if I, if I, <laughs> I don't see the name of Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes they don't know. They are scared of you. But you know what it is? The opposite of it is that a lot of believers are now the ones scared of devils. A lot of believers are the ones scared of the devil. That's such an irony. You have the power. Glory to God. You have the power. It says you reign. That word is found also in Romans um, 5 verse 17. Reign. Reign means to exercise your authority, to make laws, to regulate, to regulate their activities. So demons are in your kingdom, including the devil. It is not an empty kingdom. Demons are in your kingdom. And you are in an actual kingdom. And you are not a figurehead. You are a ruler in Christ. My authority is real. Glory to God. That's why James 4 verse 8. Let me start to close now. James 4 verse 8. James 4 verse 8 says. It says, resist the devil. And he will flee. Submit yourself unto the Lord. Receive the devil and he will flee from you. That word receive is what a system in the Greek. It means to stand against. To forcefully declare your conviction. Forcefully declare your conviction. It means to oppose. To confront. You have to learn to confront the devil. Bring it on. What is it? Bring, learn to confront the devil. When you have authority over the devil, you confront it. I don't know about you, but I have no fear over the devil. I have no fear over the devil. See, I fear somebody flogging me than jazz, voodoo. What is it? What is it? <laughs> what is it? I have no fear over the devil. I have no fear. I remember one time I was at the airport in February. I was, I was traveling somewhere. I was at the airport in February. And one man was saying, ah, anytime you just get... So we just landed and we're entering this country. And this man just said, he said, when, anytime he lands, anytime, because the, the, you know, the weather and everything, it, there was so much turbulence and everything. And I said, this was just last month. He just said, um, ah, anytime me, I just get on the air. I just sign up. I just know I'm doomed for death. He said, you know, when we enter the year, this is how he said it. He said, when we enter the year, we are doomed for death. I said, ah, me, I know I have many flights to still catch. I responded immediately. I know what the devil was trying to do. It's an attack. He was saying it innocently, but the devil was, that's why you don't take any words like that innocently. You still, you, I, know I still I know I'm still going to fly. In fact, I know that in the, I was only spending two days or three days in the country and to fly back. And that one is telling me, when I enter the air, I am doomed for death. You see, this is how he said. He said, he was telling everybody in the airport and everybody was laughing. Me, I responded. I said, no, sir. I am not doomed for death. I said, anytime I enter the air, I will land successfully and I will fly back successfully. I, I kept telling him. He said, no, you don't understand. I said, you don't understand what I'm saying, sir. Because he looks very elderly. He said, I'm even a police in, I'm even a police in the United States. I said, I know. 
whatever you are, we have left the United States. I said, <laughs> it is in the United States, I you are a police and I will be scared. I said, we have all left the United States. We are in this country now where nobody knows both of us. I said, sir, I will fly and I will not be doomed. For he said, I don't know why people are just, just are that devilish. He said, as he said, when he said when it was very when the turbulence was just he said, oh, he said he has already texted his wife and his family and said, oh, I can make it, I might not make it. I said, oh, I will always make it. I, I responded to all of his statements. I said it very loud in that airport. If I other guys were like, calm down, I said, oh, I say, sir, I will always make it because I know how much I'm on the air. I will always make it. How oh, you tell me I'm not, I will not make it. <laughs> he said, ah, when the turbulence was just rolling, see, a lot of people were sleeping. He said, I was awake, oh, waiting for the next move. I said, what's the next move? <laughs> that the thing will drop. Uh, I said, I told you, I said, if I thought the thing wanted to drop, because I am there, it cannot. Drop way. <laughs> you know, that's, that statement looked very harmless. Right? Because it was just gisting. We're all complaining, say, uh, we're just gisting. Very harmless conversation. As soon as he switched from just that gisting to start saying that rubbish, I picked it up immediately and I addressed it. The devil can't have that say over my life. I'm going to travel again and fly back. And fly back and fly. In fact, when I was flying back, I reminded myself, I said, I am flying back and nothing is happening. If I had stayed awake all through, just so that I will know that nothing happened. So it would not be like I slept through, there was turbulence, and I was not scared. You know, I, I was hearing a story that my pastor shared one time. He said, somebody told him and said, ah, you should not travel in five months. That I see death. He said, eh, you see death. He said, immediately, he said, he just took a cab, traveled to another place, and came back. He said, he now came back to tell the person the next day. I said, I've traveled, though I did not die. Who are you scaring? Don't allow the devil put fear in your heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't allow the devil put fear in your heart. Let somebody say you will die. Tell the person, I'm going to live. I'm going to be alive. Even when you are gone, me, I will still be alive. Are you getting what I'm saying? Someone say, this sickness ah, is going to kill you. It cannot kill me. I will be healed of this. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but me, I told you my story in this church. I've been sick before. I have. I told you that to the point that my parents argued. You know when you see your parents argue, I'm not the one that give birth to this one. My own child used to fall sick like this. <laughs> and I've been healed. So you don't allow the devil have the last say over your life. Oh, you know God. So I'm invincible for the works of the devil. I'm invisible to the works of the devil. You have to say it every time. I'm invisible to the works of the devil. I'm invisible. So demons are not to be addressed or to be, dominion, sorry, is not to be addressed passively. You must be confrontational. Be very confrontational. Be very confrontational. Be very confrontational. When you see a demonic activity, you see, you just see yourself feeling depressed, going through an addiction, 
going through turbulence time, you confront it immediately. You have to be consistent with knowing who you are, what your authority is. The devil is under my feet. The devil is under my feet. So you have to be active. No authority can work when you do nothing. You have to be active. I am what the word says I am. I can do what the word says I can do. So just like the centurion servant, I say to one, go, and he goeth. I say to one, come, and he cometh. I say to one, do, and he doeth. He says we have authority over all. So I tell you, brethren, when you step into a place, cease the authority, cease the powers there. When you get into a place and you want to do an outreach and you sense a strong activity of the devil there, you just say, right now I'm here in charge. You devil, you seize your operation here till I'm gone. And you will see that you have a free flow in your outreaches. When you get to a place and you just sense. I remember one day I was just walking, walking through a place and I sensed a strong demonic activity in the place. And I turned around. And I said, right now, I cease these operations of the devil. Immediately, I heard a voice, a strange voice. Very strange. You must be confrontational. Very confrontational with the works of the devil. So you have to be bold, right? Right? You have to be bold. You do not joke. Like I told you, the difference between two believers is knowledge. So, you know Satan speak. When you know when Satan is speaking, you what? You do what? You speak back. You respond. And that's why you should stop watching movies that glorifies the devil. Stop watching things, skits, um, things that exalt the name of the devil. No. You have authority over it. Read victorious materials. Read things. Because see, Satan is the only person you can use stupid words to. And it's not wrong. Say bastard. Rubbish. Sometimes I'll just be going on my own and just say, wow. You want to try yourself. Idiot. So I'll just be, I'll just be doing something and I'll just say, rubbish. Idiot. Nonsense. Bastard. It's only the devil you have the right to use those words for. Because that is who he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Learn to take your place in Christ. Say, I take my 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 place in Christ. Let's be on our feet. Say, I take my place in Christ. Let's be on our feet this morning. Say, I take my place in Christ. I have authority over all. Over all. The oppressions of the devil. Nothing, Nothing. can by enemies hurt me. I have authority. I think my place in Christ. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Just worship Him this morning. We'll continue from here next week. Just worship Him this morning. Worship Him. Lift your hands and bless Him. Thank you for what He has done in Christ. And we're.